2: This is TalkSport Daily.
3: Hello and welcome to a sort of post-Boxing Day special, Football Bloody Hell, How United Won the Treble. Can you say bloody hell? I mean, this is what it's called. Who's come up with that title? I know Fergie said he read, oh, football bloody, I know that. Football bloody, people get paid to come up with these titles. Yeah, I've got one. Oh yeah, what's it called? Uh, It's going to be called Football Bloody Hell, How United Won the... What?! You get paid to call it that. Yeah, I can't with that. What other ones did you come up with? No, can't read that. No. Okay, we'll call it Football Bloody Hell. I mean, the pub's opening in a minute. Let's, whatever you've got written on a bit of paper, we'll go with that. Okay. Then we'll call it Football Bloody Hell, How United Won the Treble. This is about, would you believe, a look back at how Manchester United won the treble in 1999. Yeah. Uh, it features Teddy Sheringham, Not here. Andy Cole, not here. Steve McLaren. And Martin Edwards, they're all in it, they're not here, they're not sat a long time, I'm not going to interview them, they're in the podcast, it's been out before. So sit back, relax, and enjoy, I'll give it the official title, 27th of December, colon, or semicolon. I still haven't worked that out, football, bloody hell, how United won the treble.
4: It's very difficult to start at the beginning of
0: any story when you know how it is. Three is a magic number.
5: Is this their moment? Yes,
0: it is. Beckett's a magic number. It's a Sheringham and Solskjaer have won it! Somewhere in the ancient mystic trinity, you get three.
5: Manchester United have
0: reached the promised land. That's a magic number. I remember
6: Sir Alex saying to me, look, I've got a funny feeling it's going to be a big season. Nothing can have a top 99.
7: you know? Sensational
8: goal from Ryan Giggs. Skip's been sent off. Schmeitz has made a penalty save and I've scored a wonderful. I don't know what I would have done.
7: And he just said, sit down. Stevie, sit down. This game ain't over yet. Name on the trophy. I can't believe it. Football, bloody the hell. What is it? Three. Yeah, that's a magic no
9: The 26th of May 1999, a date engraved on the hearts of Manchester United supporters. The day they completed an unprecedented treble of the Premier League, the FA Cup and the Champions League. A 63-game season which began with a long-since-forgotten two-legged qualifier against Polish champions LKS Lodz. The highs, the lows and the drama, the late goals, the never-say-die attitude and maybe a bit of luck. An aura of resilience masterminded by one of the greatest managers in the history of the game who in the previous summer threatened to walk out. I'm Eamon Holmes and this is... Football by the hell. How United Won the Treble. To tell the story that ends in May 99, we must start in November '86. And following his success in Aberdeen, Alex Ferguson was appointed manager at Old Trafford.
10: I think he probably thought he knew the English game better than he did. It took took a while for him to to bet in, to learn about English players and and what he needed to uh, be successful within the English league.
9: Former club chairman from 1980 to 2002, Martin Edwards.
10: Being on the inside, I could see what was happening. You know what I mean? I could see, and I also knew what was happening at youth level. So for me, it wasn't a panic to suddenly get rid of the manager and and bring in somebody new and start all over again. We'd started a process that was ultimately going to lead to success, but we were running out of time. Fortunately, that, that run in 1990, where we got to the Cup Final and won the Cup Final, and then that led to the Cup Winners' Cup the next year, and we won that, and then we won the League Cup. But it took him four years to win a trophy, seven years to win the League, and that's what people forget a little bit you know what i mean we were we were patient in the early days because we could see what he was trying to achieve and it was only a matter of time
1: Motivating rhythm of life, life. rhythm of life with the healing with mixed
9: ferguson had molded a team to challenge for the league title but it was the arrival of one particular player who had proved to be the missing piece of the jigsaw Well, oh, it's just beat up for counter oh! Eric Cantona arrived from reigning champions and bitter rivals Leeds United in a shock move. Journalist Paddy Barkley on the Frenchman's impact at Old Trafford. Without question, the greatest single catalyst. Well,
11: certainly in in my time in, in uh, following football closely and professionally since the, uh, the mid 1970s, undoubtedly the most dramatic catalyst. Uh, I mean, you can you can look elsewhere, you can look at at Napoli and what Diego Maradona, how he turned this perennially underachieving club into two-time champions of, of Serie A at a time when winning Serie A was like winning the world championship. Uh, but even more dramatic was what Eric Cantona did to Manchester United. But you, you don't have to make a value judgment. You don't have to give an opinion on that. Just look at the football yearbook and just look at the statistics. Before Cantona came from Leeds, Manchester United averaged one goal per match, scored. After two goals per match, he doubled Manchester United's scoring potential overnight. A view shared by commentator John Motson. Cantona
2: seemed to change the whole mentality of the Manchester United team. I remember being in the hotel when he signed for United on a Saturday morning. They were playing away to Arsenal and the front two were Hughes and McLare. And not much was happening. United were eighth in the table, I remember. And then Cantona arrived, having had the uh, title already behind him at Leeds United. He, he just seemed to inspire not just the team, but the crowd as well. I mean, they still chant about him at Old Trafford, don't they?
9: Former United player Danny Higginbotham.
12: As a United supporter growing up, he was just unbelievable. I remember the day that he signed when he came from Leeds United and he was the final piece in the jigsaw. To give you know, United the the league title that had eluded them for so long, and he was just he was incredible. I think he he did unbelievably well for the younger players as well that were coming through. You know the class
9: of ninety two. A first league title in twenty six years was followed by a league and cup double the following season, but in the summer of ninety five, at the end of a trophyless campaign, Ferguson embarked on a clear out. Out went key players Hughes, Ince, Kanchelskis, and coming in, a group of highly rated young guns from the academy known as Fergie's Fledglings.
5: Oh, it's come through to Scholes! It's in! 20-year-old Paul Scholes. Beckham, goal! A free kick, struck to perfection. And here's another one. Beckham's cross and Nicky Buck.
2: I remember the launch of the class of 92 that on that first day of the season when Manchester United lost to Aston Villa at Villa Park and Alan Hansen on match of the day made that uh, much much quoted phrase you can't win anything with kids well of course they did and he's been proved wrong and had to admit to that many times
9: Ryan Giggs had also come through the ranks at Old Trafford
13: you know and I think at the time you're not thinking of what Alan Hansen says you're just thinking of you're down because you've lost the first game of the season, but it wasn't the kids who won it. It was Eric Cantona, Steve Bruce, Gary Pallister, these sort of players who, who contributed to, to winning that league. Yeah, we come, th- we come through around that time, but it was the older players really who, who won that league, not, not, not the kids.
9: And Martin Edwards was well aware of this exciting crop of young talent.
10: Being brought up in the Busby area, I just felt that that was a very good way of, of, of building a team for the future. And Alec was of the same mind as well. And eventually, I mean, don't forget, Alex arrived in 86. That youth team won the Youth Cup in 92. It was about 95, 95, 95-96 season when they all started to really come through in the first team. So it's like 10 years. So it was like a 10-year plan. So, yeah, I took great pride in that.
9: Danny Higginbotham was now part of the United Academy and saw firsthand the rise of these young stars.
10: When we were training at the,
12: the School of Excellence, so from the age of say 10 to 16 so I would probably have been about 12 and you know the likes of Beckham and, and Scholes and but um, Gary Neville because Phil Neville was a little bit younger they were first year apprentices I think when I was maybe 12 and you know as an apprentice then you would be training all day you'd have your jobs to do before you went home and we would train I think 7 to 8 at the cliff in on the AstroTurf inside, they'd come and join in with the training and they were already high, highly regarded. They were already seen as a special bunch, you know. Like Eric Harrison, you know, may he rest in peace. God bless his soul. He, he was so fundamental amongst all of that. And Eric Harrison was a coach for me. Nobby Styles was a coach for me. Tony Whelan was a coach for me. Brian Kidd was a coach for me. So all people that were probably ingrained in the football club. People forget about one of the first things that Sir Alex Ferguson did when he came into the football club was was to to work really hard on making sure that United were producing younger players and, and and not allowing other clubs around to get the better players and it worked really well for me and I had to wait, had to be patient but then the conveyor belt worked and when it worked, wow With
9: Fergie's fledglings breaking through the return of Cantona from an eight-month ban after his infamous Kung Fu kick and the leadership of Peter Schmeichel and Roy King a new look squad was coming together Andy Cole had joined the club from Newcastle in January 95 and recalls his first impressions
8: of his new boss. The way the boys used to speak about him, and you know, obviously try your best not to go on his bad side and all this kind of stuff. And when he loses it, you know, he loses it and don't be surprised and blah, blah, blah. And I was thinking, no, nah, he can't be that, he can't be bad. When you don't play particularly well and you see him lose it, I'm saying, I thought, oh my God,
13: is this allowed? Ryan Giggs. He had that skill of have you got to put your arm around someone or have you got to lose your temper to get the best out of them? I remember him having to go at me at half-time and I had the sort of attitude, right, okay, I'll show him and played well the second half. So then he quickly knew how I would respond to him losing his temper.
8: He, he wasn't a, a teacup kind of fellow because I think they banned teacups from coming in the dressing rooms then. it was plastic <laughs> cups. I, I, I remember coming in the dressing room sometimes yeah, with, with the manager. The lads always used to say, whatever you do, like a couple of minutes before half-time or full-time, yeah, he'll remember. So mm-hmm. He used to come in, if he made a mistake or whatever, he'd come in and he'd absolutely rip into that individual, whatever it was, rip into him, because that's what he can remember. And after he's refocused, someone else would get it. And if he didn't give it here, yeah, you, one of the lads are giving it here. Yeah.
9: Ferguson's drive off the field was taken onto the pitch by his players. Journalist Paddy Barkley.
11: There was character and determination shot through the whole team. Schmeichel in goal, who would order, you know, experienced defenders around. Um, I mean, they all they all speak of it now. They laugh when they talk about it now, but it was it was murder at the time. But he was so ferocious about winning, about his penalty area being his own domain, that he would order anybody uh, around and knock them out of the way almost uh, to get to the ball.
9: Danny Higginbotham.
12: I remember one of the first times I trained with the first team, it was actually over Christmas when we were training at the Cliff and it was probably only a day or so before a first team game and I was playing left back. Dennis Erwin was playing right back um, for the other team and he's running at me and he's played a one-two and it was, it was one of those situations where the pitch is quite icy and I'm thinking to myself, I could dive in here, you win the ball, you're going to send a player going flying in Dennis Irwin who is a very important player for United a day before a game I was like it's not something you want to be doing as a 17 year old kid 18 year old kid and um, so I didn't Schmeichel went ballistic at me oh yeah he went ballistic at me it was a really quick learning curve for me that you train how you play
10: former chairman Martin Edwards. And the feeling was that he was the best goalkeeper in Europe, so to get the best goalkeeper in Europe, even in those days, for half a million pounds, was huge. And when you think that we, we, we got Eric for a million and Peter for half a million, for one and a half million, uh, we got players who, who, who consistently won the league. When you think of those, those purchases and what we paid for them, the value we got out of them, they have to be the two best signings in, in my time at uh, United.
9: Along with Schmeichel, the angry, beating heart of the team was Roy Keane. Roy
5: Keane has let the here and a real explosion of emotion.
2: Roy Keane was the guy who kept the others at it. If his own standards weren't pursued or achieved by players around him, well, you, you knew about it. He was a voice on the pitch
12: when people talk about Roy Keane, i think the first thing that comes into a lot of people's head is that you know the way he gets about midfield his tough tackling his leadership which is all very true world class midfielder i think sometimes it's not appreciated how good he was on the ball his eye for a pass was brilliant he, he demanded so much from his teammates and he would let the he would let his teammates know in no uncertain terms um what he expected
11: you had leaders just all through the team Ferguson was an old-school manager who believed in old-school virtues of taking responsibility
9: on the park. Coming next, the retirement that rocked football. You're listening to... Football, bloody hell. How United Won the Treble with me, Eamon Holmes. Football, bloody hell. How United Won the Treble. Oh, it's a screaming goal! On Talk Sport. Despite their domestic success, Ferguson's side were making little impact in Europe. ITV commentator Clive
4: Tilsley. He had weathered the first couple of years with all kinds of restrictions on how many overseas players and so on that he could field. They'd had a couple of real sights of, uh, of glory the two previous years and not made the most of them. And of course, if you spoke to... Sir Alec today tell you that his only real regret as Manchester United manager was that they didn't win maybe twice as many European Cups as they did. They were still finding their way. And indeed, English football was still finding its way. I mean, one of one of the reasons why we look back on the 1999 final and place it with such standing and status is that it had been so long since an English team had had their hands On the European Cup. United's forays into the
9: Champions League under Ferguson had been far from glorious. In 93 94, they lost on away goals to Galatasaray. A year later, they suffered embarrassing defeats to Gothenburg and Barcelona as they crashed out in the group stage. Blackburn were England's representatives the following season, but United were back a year later and reached the semi finals. Progress. The league title was retained, making it four under Ferguson, but the season ended with the shock retirement of talisman Eric Cantona.
8: To lose him was a massive, massive blow. Andy Cole. He was like, I know us, You know, we want to win the European Cup. And that year we went out to Dortmund in the semis. That deflated us all because we should have won it.
5: Tretzhoff. It's in there. It's deflected on the way, but Tretzhoff has made it 1-0 for Dortmund.
8: But I think that one really took the wind out of his cells and he yeah. made his mind up most probably that possibly he couldn't take the team and he fell forward and he didn't believe he could possibly win the European Cup. And When we went back for pre-season, the lads were saying, like, I remember Giggs is saying to me, the only person I think you can bring in now, he's got to be Letizia. And we were as well, we couldn't see Letizia leaving Southampton. So as he didn't leave Southampton, we ended up buying Teddy.
6: Yes, I was replacing Eric Cantona as such in the team.
8: Teddy Sheringham, signed for
9: £3.5 million from Spurs in July '97, aged 31, two months older than the man he replaced.
6: That was never a problem for me as a player. I, I, I joined Tottenham the season that Gary Lineker had left. I came into the England set-up just as Peter Beardsley was coming out of the England team. So I never, ever put extra pressure on myself to say, oh, I've got to perform like Lineker or Beardsley or Cantona, you know, I just took it that this, you know, life goes on. This manager wants me to perform for him in his football team. And I feel like I'm very able and capable to to come into this team and, and look a good player and, and enhance the team.
9: Arsene Wenger's arrival at Arsenal in September 96 was a game changer. His approach to fitness, tactics and football and culture at the club turned them into league and FA Cup winners in the 1997-98 season. Bookmakers had paid out on a Ferguson side that were 12 points clear in March, only for them to blow the lead and miss out by a point to Wenger's double winners.
5: Here's Steve Bold. And it's Adams put through by Bold! Would you believe it? That sums it all up. Arsenal, the cream of the crop.
0: That
9: led to a summer of soul-searching behind the scenes at Old Trafford. Martin Edwards.
10: At the time, we felt that, that you know, in 98, we'd, we'd, we'd just slipped a little bit, you know, having done the, the double the year before, or, or two years before, and then uh, we, we just felt that that perhaps that year we'd, we, we'd just taken our foot off the pedal a little bit. So, uh, you know, we did call Alec it back from holiday, but also... Having done that, we also supported him.
9: That conversation infuriated Ferguson, leading to an offer of resignation which was later withdrawn. Edwards recalls Ferguson's reaction to that meeting.
10: It didn't go down that well at the time, but having said that, you know, I don't think Alec was one for... for uh, bearing grudges or, or, or whatever and in fact that was obviously shown by the way that he, he responded, you know, we responded as well because we supported him with those players.
9: Reinforcements were needed and in the summer of 1998 there were some fresh new faces arriving at Old Trafford. Yorkie,
8: Yep and uh, Jesper and bringing in those those three players were massive because, you know, possibly Yespa if Giggsie wasn't playing Jesper was slotting He's an international. He, he played for Milan and teams mm. like that, so we knew what was getting. Yap was, he was a beast. One of the best centre I've ever played with, and the white was just Indian it was a dream to play
14: with.
9: Yap Stam, brought in for a then record fee for a defender, remembers vividly the moment he arrived into an intimidating dressing room.
14: For myself, you know, I felt how big I was in Holland. the Small I felt when I came into uh, into United. You know, like you're saying. I mean, you join up with the likes of of, of and Keane and and Scholes and Giggs, you know although they weren't that old as uh, you know in age, but uh, very experienced players, you know they, everybody in England knew them as 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 uh, top class, world class players as well. And you know as a, as a Dutch boy from uh, from Holland, you join a big team, and uh, most of the players didn't even know me and knew me when I uh, when I joined United, of course, you know. So you have to um, start from the beginning again.
9: Andy Cole had a new strike partner, and it was Dwight York. From Aston Villa,
8: what he did to the dressing room, just his character, very infectious. You know, I remember some day the gaffer got absolutely off on one, and the white would be still laughing. Is the gaffer thinking that Yorkie's taking a mick or whatever? Because he never, he never ever didn't have that smile on his face. You know, so him coming into the dressing room just like that was was massive.
9: After a trophyless first season, Teddy sherringham knew his place was under threat.
6: I accepted the situation. It's one of those things that you. Uh... You go there to, to, to be the best and if you don't win things then you accept the consequences. But um, I wasn't going to lay down without a fight but it was obvious that Yorkie and Coley were going to be the main two and uh, I remember Sir Alex saying to me look, I know you've, you've had a couple of injuries don't rush back this time just make sure that you are ready for the end of the season because I've, I've got a funny feeling it's going to be a big season.
9: Coming up next we relive the treble season. This is... Football, bloody hell. How United won the treble with me, Eamon Holmes. Football, bloody hell. How United won the treble. Oh, it's a screaming goal! On Talk
7: Sport. Wait a minute, he's taking another card out for Beckham. is a red card for David Beckham.
13: Oh, no. Two days before Two days I was before. a hero, and the next day they wanted me hung up, you know... Obviously, you know when you get sent off in any game, it's going to be a low.
9: In the summer of '98, Ferguson's squad reported back to pre-season training following an eventful World Cup in France. Matters off the field had galvanised the squad, along with the disappointment of the previous season. Strikers Andy Cole and Teddy
6: Sheringham. The get-go was to get the, to the Premier League back to, to Manchester without a shadow. So the aim was to get it back. You know, losing games early in the season—it's not the end of the world because you can you can pick that up and make sure you 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 know get points back at some stage during the season
8: to to overcome that. There's always a determination to win the league, always. Because, like I said, the manager always stipulated that first day of pre-season to be the best team after 38 games. That's what it's about. Whoever's the up for the battle, let me know now.
9: But the season started with two three-nil defeats to Arsenal. One in the charity Shield and one in the league in September, which Alex Ferguson described as depressing. New signing, Yap Stam, discusses the slow start to the campaign for
14: the team and himself. It was a big shock for myself as well, you know, because... um, at first, is that they paid a lot of money for you, and uh, you know you're the world's most expensive defender. So that that puts a lot of pressure on your shoulders, and for myself as well. In the beginning, you read the papers, you listen to the to the radio sometimes, you watch the television, and you see your face coming, passing by, and with all you know, uh, with all nice quotes and everything. So you think, well, what the hell am I doing? When you know what have I, uh, what have I started? And maybe it was better for myself to stay in Holland.
9: But a two 0 victory over Liverpool kick started their season. By Christmas, they were up to third, and a new strike partnership was flourishing at Old Trafford.
5: York. That's a brilliant pass for Andy Cole. Well, talk about being on the same wavelength. These two are in perfect
8: harmony. It's a dream partnership. It's a partnership that at the start of that season wasn't meant to be. York had play with um, Teddy, Ollie, Giggsy, you Skolzian, know, and the manager gave me a game against Southampton. And from that day, he just stumbled on something. It clicked. And you talk about the goals there against uh, Leicester and West Ham. I think we beat Leicester 6-2 and West Ham 4-1. And the goals were thrown because the football was just natural between me and Dwight.
9: In the early rounds of the FA Cup, they drew Liverpool, their greatest rivals. Chairman Martin Edwards recalls the tie.
10: It was really after Christmas that we really started to... to uh, expand. I mean, we had a little bit of luck in the first round against Liverpool in the Cup, 1 we 0 down, and we scored two very late goals to, to win that game.
1: Takes
11: it. oh, it's York. Paul
9: and, York and after the equaliser, a real sign of things to come.
5: Stoppage time. See Dermot Gallagher, the fourth official, put it up. So we can't enlighten the folks at home. Solsh, An incredible comeback by Manchester United.
10: And of course, uh, we then started to 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 win league games. Win league games.
8: Andy Cole recalls yet another late winner. Chunk gave us a hell of a game that the at the Valley. They were not going to. Hey, they left everything on that football pitch. Everything. I remember Yorkie, and I mean, Yorkie's unbelievable in the air for his height. I think it was um, Richard Rufus, centre-half, and he's got to be six foot odd. I remember Yorkie getting up, glancing at a bang,
5: And Danger here, it's the goal! Unbelievable finish! Dwight York scores what is surely the winning goal for Manchester United!
8: There you go, 1-0. That was Manchester United that season.
5: And how important will that goal prove to be at the end of this Premiership season?
9: United were top, and that coincided with Steve McLaren's arrival as Ferguson's assistant.
7: You know, I do know that there were a few people in the frame, and I think it was it was David Moyes and myself who, uh, who were top of the charts, and I don't know why. You'll have to ask him why he picked me. But I remember the first day I joined, or first day of training especially, and going in the office and, and kind of saying, look, you know, what do you want me to do? We've just, on Saturday, we've just won 8-1, you know, what do, I, what do you want these guys to do? He kind of just said, well, look, Sonny said, what did you used to do at Derby? And before I'd even got an answer out, he said, Whatever you did at Derby, that's why you're here.
9: That 8 1 victory over Nottingham Forest would be remembered for Oli Gunnar Solskjaer's stunning cameo, scoring four goals off the bench. He's, not yet.
5: He's got four. It's an extraordinary feat for
9: Solskjaer. But United's hierarchy had seen Solskjaer signing as a gamble. Chairman, Martin Edwards.
10: Les Kershaw, the chief scout, sort of uh, was talking to me about uh, Solskjaer and he was playing for Mulder at the time and uh, he was obviously very successful scoring goals for fun there but I think Alec was just a little bit concerned whether he could bring those qualities to the Premier League. When we knew the fee was £1.4 I just said to Alec at that level even if he only plays a few games for the reserves the money's not at risk we'll get our money back and all the rest of it so under those circumstances he was happy to to go ahead with the transfer
9: with ferguson's side competing on three fronts their four-pronged attack was coming into its own
6: he ended up with four strikers and it probably the amount of games that we had at the end of that season it it probably held the club in good stead that he could take yorky off put me on take Coley out
7: and put, put Ollie on.
9: Under Ferguson, standards were always high at Old Trafford and McLaren was getting used to his new surroundings.
7: The first five months from January up to the end of May have been the toughest five months of my life. In whatever I've done, nothing prepared me for them first five months. Uh, the environment was tough, the players were tough. If a cone was out of place, if a decision was wrong they let you know. They wanted the best. I think it was against Inter Milan at Old Trafford and um, I think we'd won 1-0. It wasn't a good performance and I think I came in and and was a bit over the top In well done boys, great, great win and Roy Keane just turned around and said, Stevie, don't give us that that bull. He said, said, we were crap tonight. He said, and when we're crap you tell us we're Mm -hmm. crap.
1: Find collaborative articles with tips from the LinkedIn community to help you get through those tricky conversations. Making work make sense? LinkedIn knows how.
7: Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery and well-being. So, take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. Only at Sleep Number Stores or SleepNumber.com.
1: This episode of the Talksport Daily is brought to you by Enterprise Rent-A-Car. Planning to hire or share a car or van? Enterprise is there every step of the way. Whenever and wherever you need a vehicle and whatever it's for, Enterprise can help. With over 450 locations across the UK, they're just around the corner. Whether you need a weekend rental, a holiday hire, a replacement car, or you're planning a business trip, home or away, Enterprise are there to help. To find out more and book, visit enterprise.co.uk.
9: The season was reaching its climax. United had progressed to the semi-finals of both the FA Cup and the Champions League. And going into April, they were four points clear of their closest challengers, Arsenal, in the league. It was the rivalry that defined the era. Ferguson versus Wenger and the two heavyweights came head-to-head in the last four of the FA Cup at Villa Park. A nil-nil draw led to a replay three days later, which would go on to become
8: an all-time classic. So
5: here we go, the favourites for the FA Cup against the holders,
3: the premiership leaders against the defending champions.
8: I always say now, whatever you're going on to win, you always need that little bit of luck. I even turned around and said, I didn't even play the second leg. I picked up a knock and the gaffer put me in and said, now because we've got the semis coming up uh, against Juventus. The best game I've ever watched.
10: We had that tremendous semi-final against Arsenal. Of course, we had Keane sent off. And Manchester
3: United suddenly find their world collapsing here. They lost their lead, they survived going behind, but now will they survive the dismissal of their captain?
8: We knew Roy... The way you play on the edge every single game, there's a possibility of losing him.
6: Teddy's sharing them. We're backs against the wall now. Cool, we've got an uphill battle now. Because Arsenal were a formidable team at the time and you just think, you know, we're going to do really well to to get through this tie now.
9: Steve McLaren.
7: Last minute, 1-1. Penalty. Phil Neville gives a penalty away. Gaffer's going crazy.
6: They have a penalty. Bergkamp steps up and... We're in the last minute of the game and you think it's all over. Two
5: international breaks
3: here and a decisive moment in an FA Cup semi-final replay. Burkap and Schmeichel. And Schmeichel has
8: saved it. Peter Schmeichel makes a fantastic save and, and we're still alive. And when Peter Schmeichel makes a penalty save, you've got a chance because you don't see
2: penalties. Had that gone in, well, Arsenal would have been in the Cup final and Manchester United would never have done the
6: treble. It was a never-say-die attitude, and, you know, if while well, you're still in the game, you've got a chance. And the, the amount of outstanding players that you still had on that football pitch, you know that someone can come up with something special.
5: A rather weary one from Vieira. Diggs gets past Vieira, past Dixon.
6: He probably runs quicker with the ball at his feet. Than he, than he did without the ball and he sort of went, went past one came to the next opponent glided past the next opponent got himself to the edge of the box Arsenal
9: goalkeeper David Seaman
4: I remember him coming through and I just remember thinking somebody take him out somebody take him out and nobody ever got anywhere near him, he, uh,
9: comes back at him. it's a wonderful run
5: from Giggs <laughs> sensational goal from Ryan
4: Giggs he hit it that hard that I'm sure it was past me before I'd even moved my hands to go up.
8: Where's Braun? Giggs is my favourite player. I mean, I used to watch him when I was at school. I mean, that's how long um, he's been playing, and he played after me. He is that sort of player that justifies that sort of goal. And the
5: team with 10 men go back in front,
14: 2-1. Yapstam. Giggs scored that winning goal, a fantastic goal, great dribble, and... and... You know, that's, that was, that's one of his qualities as well, you know, and, and uh, the only thing is everybody was a bit shocked about his chest hair, probably. <laughs> How you can explain that, Carlick? It was, um,
6: I think, a shock to many.
8: you 10 men, you know, we, we're having a good guy to score a goal like that. Skip's been sent off. Schmitz has made a penalty save, and I've scored a one the goal. I don't know what I would have done.
5: Manchester United.
9: Barkley.
11: best answer I can give to the question of was there a turning point in that season is to give you the answer that Peter Schmeichel gave me at the end of it when he said that that goal gave Manchester United a belief in their own invincibility that Schmeichel felt, in fact Schmeichel was certain, carried them through to the rest of the season and the historic treble.
9: On to Turin with United and Juventus tied at one apiece. Clive Tilsley was commentating on the semi-final for ITV.
4: The most important goal of the semi-final was the goal that Ryan Giggs scored at Old Trafford. Juventus were the better side in the first leg, led 1-0 right up until the closing minutes and it was 1-0 going on 2 or 3 If the truth's told. Ryan scored in in the closing stages and even though on the face of it 1-1 was a disappointing result, it was something for Manchester United to build on. But in the opening minutes of the game, the opening 10 minutes of the game, Filippo Inzaghi, once brilliantly, once luckily, struck. And, um, you know, Manchester United's task had changed completely.
5: Manchester United need a minor miracle now. They're two down in no time here.
11: But, of course, by then, United had developed this, this belief, this sense of momentum. And with Roy Keane giving... A performance that I think you would compare with Stephen Gerrard's in the second half in, in Istanbul for Liverpool in 2005 is is, once, is is always cited as you know the great inspirational Captain Marvel performance, but I think it was at least equaled by Roy Keane in Turin. He was absolutely, spittingly defiant.
8: Beckham with a corner.
5: It's towards Keane. Manchester
2: United! Game on! I mean, how he marshaled the troops, even though he'd been booked and he knew he was out of the final, he still played like a man inspired. And I'm looking back on that, that was probably one of the great individual Manchester United performance of that
9: decade. Teddy Sheringham on the influence that Roy Keane had on the pitch.
6: I often get asked about who the best players that I've played with and he's he's one of two that I always mention he was the driving force of Manchester United team at the time we, with all the fantastic players that we had at Manchester United at the time if he wasn't playing he made a difference if any of the others weren't playing we fitted around the situation and made it work but Roy made a difference even if he wasn't having a good game he would drive other people on and make sure that everybody was doing their jobs and knew when to slow the game down, knew when to speed the game up, knew when to have a nasty tackle, knew when to calm it down and just put the frighteners on their main man as such and just show who's boss. That that's what football's all about in the Premier League and and in and European football as well. You have to stamp your authority sometimes and he was our he was our main man and leader. If Keane was one of two Who was the other? Gaza.
9: Keane had got them back in the game and there was no stop in
4: United. They were playing against the team that might actually have been the favourites to win the competition at that stage. A star-studded but also very streetwise Juventus team. The nature of the comeback that night, both the spirit and character, which was epitomised by Roy Keane, playing on after the yellow card as, as if it hadn't happened, but also the sheer skill and quality, the combinations particularly between Cole and York that night, actually confirmed Manchester United, maybe belatedly, as a real Champions League contender.
10: York,
5: he skipped through, it's Dwight York, he's brought down by Peruzzi, Cole will finish it off, full speed ahead, Barcelona!
9: United had reached the finals of the FA Cup and the Champions League, but Arsenal were pushing them all the way for the title. Coming next, history. Football, bloody hell. How United won the treble. Oh, it's a screaming goal! On Talk Sport.
5: Dwight York scores what is surely the winning goal for Manchester United
8: across Andy
5: Cole waiting underneath it it's Paul's goal he's done it back at him it's a wonderful run through.
9: It's the 16th of May, the final day of the league season. Match 61 in United's epic campaign. They faced 11th place Spurs at Old Trafford, knowing they needed to match Arsenal's result against Aston Villa to reclaim the title, their first step on the way to an historic treble. Teddy Sheringham had been a bit part player for much of the campaign, but Ferguson named him in the starting lineup
6: against his former club. To get the nod to be to play in that last game, I, I started the game, which was a big shock to me. Uh, we got off to a bad start. Les Ferdinand scored a, um, a goal against us, and I'm not sure the Tottenham fans wanted to celebrate too much because that if we if Tottenham had beaten us and Arsenal won, they Arsenal would have won the league. So I think they were a little bit in shock, the same as the Man United supporters. But um, Beck's got got back into the game at one all just before half time.
5: scores. Beckham
6: It's in Came in at half time And the manager said He's going to change Things around He's
8: going to pull me off And put Coley on The manager makes A substitution at half time Obviously he takes Teddy off And brings me on I And mean, with first touch We go 2-1 up oh,
1: it's
5: Andy Cole Can he get it up?
8: And then as if Spurs said, oh, better start having a go again now. And was it It was tense. It was a tough game in the end because I think it was one of those ones where you're a bit nervous and you want the game to finish because we know Arsenal winning. Finally we get there, but it wasn't an easy game, put it that way.
6: ended up winning the game 2-1 and ended up winning the Premier League which was a fantastic feeling for me because I hadn't played a a major role in it but uh, was part of a Manchester United team that had won the the Premier League bet.
9: Six days later and Wembley for the FA Cup final against Rud Hullets, Newcastle. Steve McLaren recalls the excitement ahead of the game.
7: For me, the FA Cup final was huge, massive. Your dream as a kid... Your dream as a kid, as a player, to be in the cup final. You know, I couldn't do it as a player. And there was the coach, assistant manager of Manchester United.
9: But it didn't start as planned for United.
6: Teddy Sheringham. During the week, found out that I wasn't playing in the FA Cup final. Disappointed. But after six minutes, Roy Keane gets injured, goes down, says he's coming off. Three players go and warm up from the bench. I sit there and I think to myself, blazing like the sunshine sitting there behind to Alex Ferguson and, and thought well it's not me going on it's Roy Keane, he's, in, he's midfield and he turned around to me and said Ted you're going on, get ready and I'm, I sort of looked at him perplexed as if to say, what, for Roy? and I thought what? what am I even thinking about questioning the managers couldn't wait to put my boots on and my pads and get on there and within two minutes I'd scored the opening goal in the FA Cup final Cole
2: shook off two opponents well sharing him who's just come on Little ball
5: inside to skull. Sherringham goes again And scores Oh Would you believe it He's only been on the pitch a minute And he's put Manchester United
4: in the lead It's Teddy
6: Sherringham. We ended up winning the game 2-0 Got named man of the match and, and thought Do you know what I might just put myself in the frame To You know we've just won the FA Cup I've had a, I've had a good day I got I must have a chance of playing in the, in the European Cup final On Wednesday night
9: Two down, one to go.
7: I think that what I've achieved stands for itself and and I'm I'm lucky to be able to do that. What I've I've won as a manager, I'm blessed. So why should I look upon the the failure to win a European Cup as a tragedy for me and a failure of me as a manager? Terrible disappointment, I'd be gutted because I think we have a great, great chance tomorrow.
9: Steve McLaren recalls Ferguson's team talk in the New Camp dressing room, ahead of the final against Bayern Munich.
7: That was his strength. Every team talk I, I heard him do was not so much about tactics, not so much about the opponent. It was all emotional, it was all... This is the reason why we're here, this is the reason why we have to win this game, this is the reason why we're in football, this is the reason why you could be writing your name in history, this is a reason why most people, most people, you know, dream and dream of huge things, of flying to the moon. You have the chance to fly to the moon and land on the moon tonight.
9: ITV commentator Clive Tilsley on United's opponents.
4: I don't know what the bookmakers were saying, but I suspect that Bayern Munich's superior European experience—it was, um, you know, it was a team with Matthäus and Effenberg, Kahn. I mean, the, you know, the, these the, the, these were, were guys who seemed to have been around the European scene for a hundred years. Certainly, they were the very last team in the world that you wanted to be one 0 down to from from five minutes into the game. It's
5: Basler, Oh, deflected! And- Fire
4: Munich! United were un- unbalanced on the night. Uh, Beckham played in the centre, Giggs played on the right because of Keane and Scholes' absence. Didn't quite fire at any stage.
6: Teddy
7: Sheringham was watching from the bench.
6: We were losing at 1-0 at half-time and I can remember a bit of the speech
7: that, that Sir Alex came in and made. Have a look at that trophy. No regrets when you come back. Don't be walking by that trophy and don't be thinking that there's Bayern Munich holding the trophy.
6: As he finished his speech, I went into the toilet and he he walked in after me and he said, Ted, just let you know, if if it stays like this for the next 15 minutes, get yourself ready, you'll be going on. So for the next 15 minutes, I'm thinking to myself, do I want my team to score here or... I definitely don't want them to score again because that is an uphill battle. Do I want us to score? If we score,
8: I might not be going on. So I was very mixed emotions. Andy Cole, Considering the season we had in Europe that season, because no team wanted to play Manchester United that season in the European Cup. I mean, no, no football club. The way we played and dominated some of the best teams in Europe. By the time we got to the final, we played the final and didn't play the way Manchester United can play. I mean, that was the most disappointing thing for us because the game was always a tactical battle. Because Bayern were very, very strong. Midfielder
2: Nicky Buck I just, I just know we we got a right doing. To be fair, they should have, they should have won two or three.
9: He hit the bar, hit the post.
5: Shaw's there with the header, Yankee with the other head, hits the crossbar, twice the woodwork has saved Manchester United.
7: Assistant manager Steve McLaren. Chip Michael, hit the post, bounced back into Michael's arms and I went, ooh, that would have been us dead. And now we've got a real chance.
9: United were desperate. With ten minutes to go, sherringham and Solskjaer
6: were both on the field. Ferguson's final roll of the dice. We were getting battered really. We hadn't played well all game. We had a few little half chances with about 10-15 minutes to go and we were, were pushing a little bit but still not really in the game. But at 1-0 you still got a chance and uh, when the board went up to say that there was two minutes to go of, of injury time uh, you think it's all over but not for this Manchester United team.
13: Defender Phil Neville I was actually sub so I saw the, the ribbons on the trophy, then the Bayern Munich ribbons and I saw Loth Mateus. Touching the cup, kissing the cup. So I was, I was gutted. I was down and out. We'd made all the subs, so I'd, I'd virtually thrown the towel in. Defender
8: Wes Braun. I remember when Teddy and and Oli come on, and you know just that first corner that we get with you know hardly anything to go, knowing that Vex is going to put it on a plate somewhere because you know he always did. He's still to this day the
7: best crosser I've seen.
5: Cross deflected. Eckenberg behind for a corner. To United score, they always score. Peter Schmeichel is forward, it's towards Schmeichel, It's comfort why you're cleared, Geeks with a shot. Jerry, down.
6: as it rolled past me, I swung at it and helped it on with, with my ankle ish and scuffed it into the net. And it was the probably the best scuff, I've, the most memorable scuff I've ever scuffed.
5: Name on the trophy. seconds of added time play has equalised for Manchester United. They are still in the European
7: Cup. Steve McLaren. Once we got that equaliser deep into injury time, I just said to gaffer, look, you know, let's regroup now. What, what, let's think about the extra time and, you know, we're going to put ourselves back in some kind of balance shape because we were all out of balance, high risk, going for the equaliser. that. Maybe an extra time we had to rethink. And he just said, sit down. Stevie, sit down. This game ain't over yet. Where's Braun?
8: Believe me when I say this, and I know people think it's a myth, but once the first one goes in, that is it. That we have won that. We have now won the game. And that is honestly the truth. And that's how I think everyone felt.
13: Ryan Giggs. We got taught never to, to <coughs> give up. And normally, by the, the last 10, 15 minutes, teams are tired. And that's when mistakes happen. And that's when usually we would... Um, capitalise on that and, and score late. It was something that we'd we done time and time again.
4: ITV commentator Clive Tilsley. The change in momentum, the looks, the startled looks on the faces of the Bayern fans, they looked like they would seen an alien invasion. German teams weren't used to to losing games in this way. And it was really only a matter of time, whether it was going to happen in the next two minutes or the next 32 minutes the
6: tide had turned. Ollie takes out the left wing again, tries to take him on, I'm in the box, tries to whip a cross in, goes out for a corner so now I'm buzzing I'm absolutely buzzing, I'm thinking to myself i just scored one, put it up there I feel like I can jump 10 feet tall put it in and around an area, Bex you know exactly where I'm going to be going you know, he had a uncanny knack of finding finding me, my run, so he's taken another corner from that side and I thought to myself, if I get up in front of my defender there, I've got a chance of scoring another one here, come on you're buzzing, you're a piper, every, the adrenaline's rushing through your your veins, put it in that area, go on.
5: Is this their moment? Beckham into Sheringham!
6: And I instinctively knew that I was up a little bit too early, because I wanted to get up and edit in the near post, but as it came to me, the ball was there and I thought, I'm up a little bit early, if I head it for near pose, it's gonna go over the bar. So I just thought to myself, all I've got to do is help it on into the danger area, into the far stick. That's the only place I can go where the ball will still be alive. Into Sheringham, of... and Solskjaer has won it! He stuck out his right foot, hoofed it into the to the roof of the net, and mad celebration started.
5: Manchester United have reached the promised land. Oli Solskjaer! The two substitutes have scored the two goals in stoppage time. And the treble looms large.
7: I think after I scored, I turned round, looked if I was offside, and then I s- celebrated like on my knees. That was probably the first time I did celebrate that way. It was a
8: fantastic season. On the night, we just finalised it. It was meant to be as written in the stars, because they hit the pose, they hit the bar, and we got to the scruffiest goals in Champions League history.
7: But that's what wins your competition. I just noticed every German player just on the ground. Just on the ground. And even the referees trying to lift them up. So, look, you've got to kick off. Journalist Paddy Barkley. I think it would have
11: been a hard hearted person indeed who didn't feel sorry for the Bayern players at the end of that game. And it must have been devastating for them. But nobody nobody really minded. And from the English point of view, and, and I can remember Gary Neville, who. Uh, we didn't know that he was going to make such a success of a career with words after he finished playing, but he found the right word for that match when he was asked, uh, you know, what was it like? He said supernatural, and that's what it was.
0: Three. History
5: is made. Manchester United are the champions of Europe again, and nobody will ever win a European Cup final more dramatically than this.
0: You get three.
9: So let's leave the final word number. with the boss. The man who would now be known as Sir Alex Ferguson.
10: I can't believe it. It takes three legs to
13: make a
0: The,
1: the TalkSport Daily Podcast is proud to be in partnership with Enterprise Renter Car. Whatever your mission, home or away, don't delay. Enterprise has the vehicle for the job rent from the best lineup in the uk with over 450 branches enterprise has what your business needs from compact three-door cars to spacious suvs and people carriers to vans they offer a large range of reliable vehicles perfect for the job to find out more and book visit
0: enterprise.co.uk hold that please level five thank you